Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. To make a rich, smooth cold brew, Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite. Because Tim Horton's tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the X One, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, X One Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide, toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Exonation on January the 6th, 2010, computer scientist uh, Fabrice Bellard hit the headlines worldwide with a record-breaking uh, calculation on pi. Of pi, that's the uh, number of the circle to nearly 2.7 trillion places. Now, no pattern was seen or even expected. Mathematicians have all but 
given up on ever finding any system in Pi. Now, in an apparently unrelated project, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, uh, SETI, has uh, swept the skies for decades without finding anything. Um, but now a set of six numbers that under, underpin the Bible has been found to predict remote high positions. Joining me now is the author of the Genesis Grid, Peter Wolford is his name, and we've had Peter on the show many times. It's always a great pleasure talking to you, Peter, and thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, Rob. It's a great pleasure. Peter, you sent me an email with reference to a British uh, journalist, and I was wondering if you could share with our listeners what the crux of that email was and its significance. Well, very briefly, because I think we have a short... Uh, got about two minutes, yeah. But <clears throat> the gentleman's name is actually Sir Patrick Moore. And he made a comment. Uh, he said, we must take care. There may be another war. Mm -hmm. The Germans will try again, given another chance. Bear in mind that this is a gentleman who's been knighted by the Queen. He's 89 years old. He is the world's longest-running continuous TV uh, presenter. And he presents a program called The Sky at Night in the UK. So he's been doing that for 55 years. He's world famous mm -hmm. and highly respected. And he is warning that the Germans will, and that's what he says, the Germans will try again, given another chance. And I was interested to see when I scoured the press today that there was no follow-up comment on that at all, which I found fascinating. Well, what's the correlation between his show about the sky and the Germans trying again? Funny you should say that. None whatsoever. His show is to do with the um, study of the heavens. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason it came up is that the war made a great impression on Patrick Moore. He lost his fiancée of three years during the war and never felt that he could marry anyone else. So he's remained a bachelor. So the war certainly made a very big impact on his life. And, um, you know, perhaps he bears a bit of a grudge against the Germans mm. for that. I don't, wouldn't certainly blame him if he did. But I think he is talking sound common sense. And so it fascinates me that we have this man who was a patriarch of the nation, mm -hmm. who was a broadcaster on television 12 years before our prime minister was even born, and yet he is ignored once he says this. You know, you would expect people want to discuss this. Why has he said this? Could it be true? What should we say to the Germans? Should we mm -hmm. apologize? There's been no follow-up whatsoever. Maybe it's looked at as an ins insignificant comment. But it's not insignificant because it comes from one of the grandees of the nation, a man who has been knighted by none less than Queen Elizabeth II, you know, a man of yeah. 89 years old who still hosts the same program. He is completely compassmented. He knows exactly what he means. He knows the implications of what he has said. We all know that he knows, and yet nobody follows up. This is not a senile man. Nobody follows up. Nobody mind mind you, there's a lot of people these days, Peter, who are saying, let bygones be bygones. We can't live in the past. Let's talk more about this when we come back from this commercial break. Peter Wolford is our guest, www genesisgrid.co.uk and uh, we'll be back in two. Don't go away.
Exo Nation, uh, my special guest this hour is uh, Peter Wolford. He is the author of The Genesis Grid, and his website is www.genesisgrid.co.uk. And we're, go- we're talking about comments that were made by Sir Patrick Moore. And, and you know, the, the, uh, some of his comments are, are rather negative, and like he said in the Telegraph, uh, the only good kraut is a dead kraut. That's not very nice not for somebody in a high-profile position, whether he's a knight or not, Peter. So I can understand people just... In fact, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at some of the uh, comments that have been said around the world, and he's getting a lot of negativity from that comment. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that he's at least getting some response from around the world. There was no response in the British press today that I could find. Well, we've, we've got the Daily Mail here. That's British. We've got the Telegraph. That's British. Uh, the Express UK has uh, has uh, got stories on them. It's, has he? Yeah, I, I looked at those two two of those three three papers today. Couldn't find anything wow. in the Mail or the Telegraph. Maybe they have an international edition and they're embarrassed to print anything in the home market. Well, that, this I, I just did a Google search and uh, you know. Well, let me see. I'll read the story. The eighty nine year old year old has warned there may be another war and added the only good kraut is a dead kraut as he disclosed a thought on Europe. Uh, Sky Knight and and his late and his late love, uh, saying a German general once told him, "You won't win two wars. You won't win the third. Sir Patrick admitted he hoped that the prediction, which referred to an economic war, would be proved wrong. And this is a yes, quote. I think the quotation you got there, Rob, is the one that I saw, and I've got yeah. those words in front of me too. So what I'm saying is that mm. since that original report, which was in fact yesterday's papers, yeah. today's English papers have nothing. Now, normally, you would expect some kind of a debate, especially in the Daily well, Mail, you'd expect maybe a double-page spread. The, da- the Daily this. Mail does have a story. It does. Yeah, and it's, uh, the headline is, uh, I still hate Germans. Patrick Moore attacks nation 70 years after Nazi bomb killed his fiance. Yeah, and, I think that's I think that's the day before, to be honest. But I, let's not debate it. Yeah. But, but, but you know, say, it seems I, that, that this is just a, a, an old man yeah. Who who is who's carrying a grudge? Like you yeah. know, I, I can understand you know if my, if my wife or my fiance would be killed during a war that that I'd have some negative feelings that that you know like the the pain is there. But we can't blame an entire nation, the majority who are are new to this world after the war. Yeah, you know, for something like that, I think that he's wrong. And as a member of the media, you know, he shouldn't have said that. Yes. I think his words are unfortunate when he talks about crowds and a good and a good crowd is a dead crowd. That certainly does smack of a certain amount of bitterness, doesn't it? It, it sure does, especially since we're trying to overcome all the negativity that that the, the wars have caused this planet. And, and you know, it's yeah. not bringing a unified front. It's it's actually causing more of a rift. So if the if the mainstream media doesn't want to carry more of this, I can fully understand it. Yes. Although, in fact, I'm just looking back on my records now, I see an mm-hmm. article from the Daily Mail on the 17th of August last year, where Simon Heffer, who was a quite a highly respected uh, analyst writer for several papers, uh, he has an article here entitled, Rise of the Fourth Reich, mm-hmm. How Germany is Using the Financial Crisis to Conquer Europe. So there is uh, a certain amount of disquiet about trends in Europe at the moment, yeah. in particular the rise of German power. I and mean, I entirely agree with you. I think the, the choice of words was very poor in this case. On the Daily, but, on the daily Mail um, webpage, they have over 815 comments 
yeah. from people who have read. And, you know, one of them says his fiance died. He lived through the war. He saw the horrors. Anyone born after the war has no insight into any aspect of it and are not in a position and are not in any position to criticize. Leave him alone. He's entitled to have his opinion, but he shouldn't do it in public. You know? Yes. Well, and another person. Another person. I, I, I yeah. think that he, he he was entitled to express the view that the Germans may try again, given another chance. Mm-hmm. I think my own feeling is I think that there's enough. We have enough evidence from history and from the present day trends to ring an alarm bell there and mm-hmm. say, well, you know, no no germ no no nation is perfect. All nations have done evil things. It was the British who invented concentration camps in the modern world. Uh, down in South Africa. You know, there, there's uh, many people who are now calling to have him charged for hate crimes. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And I think uh, he is clearly not entirely in touch with the environment that we live yeah. in now. Um, but I can only say my reaction is that at least I'm glad there has been a reaction because I couldn't fathom the fact that I, in, within a couple of hours I spent examining newspapers mm-hmm. today, British newspapers today, I could not today find any comment yesterday there was comment today mm-hmm. there was silence yeah. in those papers and I, and I even in the letters section i couldn't find anything and um so i thought why is there this silence and i think i was thinking to myself well maybe we are a little bit afraid of the germans and a little bit afraid of upsetting them I, I, I don't um, think it has anything to do with that i just think that in today's society what he's doing or what he has said should be regarded as a hate crime and according to one of the articles we found here, the stations that are carrying his show are most likely going to drop him. Yes, I'm not surprised. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, this is certainly will, I think, cause speculation that he that he may be um, a little bit doolally. Yes. Even if, even if uh, maybe he isn't, maybe he is. It, it, I must say, it comes to me, it comes as a bolt from the blue. Mm-hmm. What I liked about it was the fact that at least somebody was talking about the German threat. However, obviously, this is this is no way to get a serious discussion going. I think, if in that yeah. sense, he actually did his cause a dis a disfavor here because it's caused it's really dis, it's distracted us from the main issue. It's also is, very distasteful. Yeah, it's, it's not, distracted it's not, us from the issue, which is yeah. you know the, the the main the main problem, which is the fact that there is this rather mm-hmm. um, lopsided power structure developing in Europe, very much in favor of the Germans, and history does show that Germany has an unfortunate tendency to start wars. And, okay, so, so, but Peter, let, let's face it. Whose yep. fault is it, or, or to whose, adve- whose, whose benefit is it that Germany is rebuilding itself in such a way? The German people are doing it themselves. If yep. the rest of Europe wants to cry the blues, and if they're going to start getting their knickers in a, in a knot because of the, the way that Germany is progressing, why, don't, why doesn't the rest of Europe just get off their butts and do the same thing? Yeah, well, the answer is complex. I think there are several things about the German Renaissance since the war. You have to bear in mind that when they did invade a number of their neighbors, they planted a great deal of wealth. And so when you read this quotation from Patrick Moore, from the general who boasted that we're going to win the economic war, Mm -hmm. what what could have been partly behind that remark was the knowledge that Germany did gain enormous amounts of illegitimate wealth from countries such as Greece, and that is one of the the, the complaints that Greece is making at the moment, mm-hmm. that the German handling of the, the, Greece, the Greek problem doesn't take into account the fact that the Germans profited at the hands of the Greeks 
to an enormous extent. And in fact, it's been said that if the amount of uh, money that, that the Germans made out of the Greeks when they invaded them during the war was repaid, Greek, Greece would be a very prosperous nation. But what about um, when the United Kingdom took over India and other places that it conquered? Nobody's looking at the UK and saying, well, wait, geez, you know, we should worry, be worried about the UK. You know, the United it, Kingdom and, and Germany have been doing this since the beginning of history. Yeah. Well, I think that the circumstances were different there. You know, when uh, we uh, when we had a war in um, India, it was because the French mm -hmm. had actually hired the Mughal Empire to fight us, and we fought back, and we ended up with India. Most of the British Empire was actually expanded through trade. There was very little in the way of, of conquering and invading, and as I say, when there was conquering, there was actually a reason for it. Well, geez, so I'm, we, I'm a, you know, I'm a Canadian, and... And you know, I you know, I, I remember my history very well. And you had the the you know, British always trying to gain control of Canada, and the big the big battle on the you know you had France on one side, Britain on the other side, the Canadians in the middle, yeah. And uh, you know, the British won at the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City, yeah. You know, so uh, that wasn't based on trade; that was based on colonization of Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to obviously claim that everything was perfect for the British Empire, but I think that the Commonwealth that we yeah. have as a as a leftover with the Queen running it, I think, is uh, probably a net net. But uh, is it possible that there's still a lot of a lot of disgruntled people like this uh, this uh, this way out to lunch broadcaster in the UK who who just don't let go of the fact you know what the war's over. And if Germany is able to build itself back into a superpower because yeah. of the way it is handling its business, how can we say that that's, a, that's an onset to war? Well, I, only, only history, Rob. I think that uh, nations do vary, and I think that uh, if you look at the history mm -hmm. of the First World War, for example, it has been represented that the war began because of the assassination of the Archduke in Sarajevo. That was purely an excuse, a pretext for sure. war. And war had been planned for a long time. Basically, as soon as the German industrial production overtook British mm -hmm. industrial production in 1913, it was decided, apparently, at very high levels, that this would actually be a good time to attack, to, to start a European war. Um, I don't think it should be doubted, uh, and that more truth comes to the surface on this subject as time goes on, that the First World War was not some accident. It was not something that we blundered into. Germany wanted war, and you may remember the famous picture of Adolf Hitler mm -hmm. in the uh, uh, Odeonplatz Square, I think it was. It was a picture taken by a man called Hoffman, who became Hitler's uh, photographer later on, but they didn't know each other at the time. But it shows a very young Hitler looking extremely happy and jubilant in the middle of that crowd. Um, it was a crowd that had gathered to celebrate the start of the First World War. And Peter, we've, we've, got to, we've got to take a commercial break here with the news, but I've got to tell you okay. something. I'd be more... I, if I was in the United Kingdom or anywhere in Europe, I would be more worried about Al-Qaeda than I would be about Germany. Right. Because in my end, if we look back in history, Islam has taken over far more countries and they pillaged and plundered far more countries than Germany ever has. That is where I think that the, the next uh, problems lie. I don't think it's going to be Germany. I don't think it's going to be Afghanistan. I think it's going to be the nation of Islam. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And when I say the Nation of Islam, I'm not talking about the peace-loving people. I'm talking about 
Al-Qaeda, and the other terrorist groups who want to take what we've got. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Splenda, and you're listening to my dad, Rob McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, Exonation. Uh, Peter Wolford is my special guest this hour. He is the author of the Genesis Grid, and Peter's website is www.genesisgrid.co.uk. We're t- we're talking about comments that were made uh, by Patrick Moore, and uh, he's considered to be an eccentric astronomer and a broadcaster in the United Kingdom. Uh, he said, and this is a quote, you know. Uh, the only good kraut is a dead kraut. Now, the guy's 85 years old. I think he's a little bit off his uh, game. Uh, you just can't go out in public and say that. There are people who are saying he should be charged with hate crimes, and I agree. And, and you know, people around the world are, are, are coming out and saying, you know, he should blame Churchill for bombing Berlin civilian populations first in a bid to drag America into the, quar- into the war. Hitler didn't want to bomb London or Coventry, and then somebody else says, This is rather surprising. I have read his autobiography, and he expresses his liking and admiration for Werner von Braun, whom many others considered to be a war criminal. And uh, just uh, one more here. Uh, isn't freedom of speech um, Isn't freedom of speech one of the things we fought for? While I don't agree with what he said, I haven't had the same experience, so my perspective may be a little different. So there you go. But the majority of the people are saying, hey, listen, 70 years has gone by since the war. Let it be. You know, and, you know, uh, Peter, I I understand that, you know, Germany is certainly coming up through the ranks in the in the economic markets in the United States and the uh, in the UK. I'm sorry, in the EU. But like I said, before we went to the break, I, I'm not concerned with Germany. I'm concerned with the countries who, who have flattened out throughout history, using your example of history, who have, who have gone and just ransacked the world. And we're talking about, you know, the, uh, the, um, the Islamics, uh, the, the Islamic uh, people who are out there to take over. You know, well, get rid of the infidel. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. I mean, we're worried about both in this. Uh, we have a slightly different, possibly a slightly different perspective to yourself on this mm-hmm. island because we don't want to be ruled over by Germany, and it looks very much as if we soon will be. But so far as the Islamic thing is concerned, that is also a very big factor here. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend who lives five doors away who is a Muslim, and he's a very mild Muslim. I go around and have cups of tea with him very frequently. Um, and I joke with him about the mosque that has sprung up in Watford. There are, in fact, several of them. There's at least three of them I can think of. And one of them is a, an old print works on a big mm-hmm. roundabout, and it has this green thing with a spike on top of it. And I have to say that from an architectural point of view, it is the most ludicrous structure I've ever seen in my life. It's almost like uh, as if they're taking the mickey out of their own religion. But they have thousands of these places across the U.K., of one type or another. Most of them are probably very well built from an architectural point of view. There's the famous Regent's Park Mosque, which has been a hotbed of um, dangerous um, anti-establishment preaching for decades now. And uh, we are very worried in this country about the spread of Islam. And if you look at the statistics for Europe, it is it is absolutely terrifying uh, what, what is happening to Europe and the way that it, it, well, I mean, the, the Islamists themselves are predicting that Europe will, within a few years, be under Sharia law because these people are going to be so dominant, so numerous, and they, they reproduce and have bigger families more rapidly. Um, the figures are, are terrifying. Even if they've been slanted and falsified, the figures I've read are just, just astonishing. So we are headed for a bit of a crisis with the Islamic yeah. thing, just, just, just the population of these people, many of whom are very mild, but there's just so many of them. Uh, you know, it's uh, this is where my concerns lie. You know, and I can understand being in the UK and and you know having had the um, World War One, World War Two with the people who are basically right across the channel from you guys. That that this is a concern. But when do we let things go? You know, like oh, yeah. I, I've even heard people talking about, you know, we have Armistice Day and uh, this and that and the other thing, and they're saying, let you know, I, I, Armistice Day, change it to another day. Stop yeah. glorifying wars, and that's all they do. Yes. Well, I find it pretty tedious when I switch the TV on, and there's yet another uh, event with people laying wreaths for the dead and all yeah. that kind of thing. We've got great big statues around Watford, where I live here, mm-hmm. for the dead and all that kind of thing with long lists of names on them. You go, you walk across Tower Bridge in London, there are enormous lists of names from the Boer War over 100 years ago. It's just part of our culture. It's the same in Germany. I drove mm-hmm. through Germany a few years ago, and as soon as I got across the border, I saw the most enormous um, monuments to the Second World War, and these were stuck on people's garden walls. Wow. And they were huge. I mean, they were six, eight feet tall. Uh, they must have cost thousands of pounds to make, tens of thousands, and they were literally just part of people's garden walls. So it's everywhere you go. It is unfortunate. It is annoying, and my own uh, my own instinct is exactly the same as yours. I just want to get on with it, and I'm sure yeah. that 99.9 percent of Germans feel exactly the same way. They're not interested in another war, and the politicians are certainly aren't thinking of another war. The problem is that the landscape can change, and it has changed before. And if we get a new kind of leadership in Germany in years to come, mm-hmm. given the fact that they are now amassing so much power, they are very much the uh, center of gravity of Europe, and they are operating behind Europe and doing one or two things which I've discussed on the show before, which are a little bit clandestine, a little bit uh, fishy, especially around the Gulf states, with mm-hmm. alliances that they're making, not between Gulf states and the EU, but Gulf states and Germany. Um, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I hear this from the older generation in this country. My father 
says the same sort of thing. Well, we're fed up of talking about the war. You know, mm. we're not interested in the war. And I, my reaction is, fine, I'm not either, but I'm still not changing my perspective on the world that I think that the shift of power away from the USA and towards Europe, uh, China being something of a sideshow and a distraction. Look, not the, not the real threat. The Soviet Union was never the real threat. You know, I see Europe as being the threat to world peace, and that's why I talk about it in my book. And as you know, I have produced a mathematical proof of the inspiration of the Bible, which is pretty powerful. I'm putting it to the test, uh, actually, publicly at a university this month on the 16th. I'm giving a first public presentation at Wrexham University. Uh, well, I'm going to invite people, as I have up till now, academics, to come forward and find the fault in what I've shown. But there is a strong prophetic element to it, and it does certainly include um, a prophetic structure of world history, which includes the English-speaking peoples and Germany. And I have every reason to believe that there's going to be trouble from Germany in the future. What about trouble from the nation of Islam? Very much so, too, and I think that... Uh, well, it's, uh, I've mentioned to you before the king of the north and the king of the south, mm -hmm. as described in Daniel chapter 11. And that would certainly appear to be a German-dominated Europe at war with a Middle Eastern power, um, which was most likely to be, um, obviously, Iran. What about the, the crisis in the Middle East that seems to have subsided for now? Well, I suppose it's a bit like the Second World War. People get bored with talking about it. And we've had Iran on the radar for so many, mm -hmm. many years, just as we had with Saddam Hussein. And it's a bit like a, a volcano with which rumbles. You never know when it's going to go off, or if indeed it ever will go off. And after a few years, you get bored with it all. And I suppose by the time we've completely forgotten about Iran, then there'll be a crisis. You know, I, Peter, I remember the days when you and I were talking, there was, uh, there was upset. Well, it was a year ago yesterday when uh, the President of the United States sent his troops into Pakistan and uh, took out Osama bin Laden. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, here between that time and now, we've had uh, the overthrow in Egypt, we've had Syria, we've had Libya. It seems like within the year there have been so many changes, but yet nobody's talking about them anymore. That's it. I mean, I think that we all suffer from overload, overkill yeah. on these subjects. And after a few months of discussion, it all becomes a bit dull. Yeah. We want to move on to something else. And then all of a sudden, a chap like uh, Gerald Moore, uh, not Gerald Moore, Patrick Moore, pops up and says something controversial. Um, so, yes, I mean, studying the world news can be... Um, a bit bewildering. Now, I spent a lot of time in Asia in the last few months, which was maybe why we haven't spoken since the 22nd of February. But um, out there, I got out of the habit of reading newspapers, and I think it actually did my brain some good uh, to get away from the news, and the British news in particular. But time marches on, and I find that the timetable, the prophetic plan laid out in the Bible, is on track more than ever before. Uh, the growth of the EU, the developments within the EU, and the enormous time bomb of a financial crisis that they're just, you know, cementing over it, mm -hmm. like some sort of bomb that's just being papered over. Um, that all was terrible things for the future. Um, I've got a good quotation, which I can, which I can probably find, from Mark Faber. He's the Austrian economist who runs the gloom, boom, and doom, or is it doom, boom, and gloom, uh, news, famous newsletter for investors. I don't subscribe to it, 
but he is interviewed a lot in the media and he is predicting dire things for Europe. He says, well, basically within five to 10 years, we'll have a complete economic collapse in the West. Now, if that were to happen, I'm not saying it will, mm -hmm. but if that were to happen, certainly the people who would come out smelling of roses the most would be the Germans and uh, they would then have all of the power. And I said to you before, We've been bombed by Germany. I bought a house not many years ago with cracks in the wall so big mm -hmm. you could see the daylight through them. And those were caused by a German bomb being and, dropped in the park and, nearby. And, and, and you know what? We, we're talking about uh, Sir Patrick Moore and, and, you know, what he said about the Germans. And yet he was an RAAF bombardier himself. And he's, yeah. you know, and he's a very outspoken critic of, of the European Union. So this, this guy has had it in for the Germans ever since the first uh, ever since he joined the uh, RAF. Yes, well ever since he lost yes and ever since he lost his fiance. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's obviously got a, a bee in his bonnet. Yeah. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He uh, has maybe not helped his cause because he's had an opinion which at one level to caution about the German power would have been valid. But he's blown himself out of the water by just being rude. And of mm -hmm. course, as you say, most Germans today had nothing to do with the war and not interested in war. They're interested in working hard, making some more money. And that's excellent. That's what I want to do as well. Exonation Peter Wolford is our special guest. He's the author of The Genesis Grid, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Have you found out anything else uh, since you've written the genesis grid that that point towards everything you say in here as you being right on in terms of world events yes sort of thing. well i would say so yes i mean last october there was a major expansion of the eu which wasn't even heralded in the news um several there was a a development whereby the eu expanded simultaneously on the same day mm -hmm. in two directions because on the left-hand side, they picked up Tunisia, where um, a British uh, envoy for the EU, Catherine Ashton, was actually in Tunisia signing agreements. So that's North Africa, which was a territory very much coveted by both the Germans and the British in the Second World War, and they fought, fought for it, and the desert rats and Roman mm -hmm, and all yeah. that sort of thing. But then on the other side, there was the eastern that the Soviet Union used to control, countries like Belarus, um, Ukraine, uh, about a dozen countries. I can't roll the names off off the top of my head. But these were also all Soviet satellites and regarded as very important to, as a security buffer against the West. They've now all been picked off by the EU. And they're being absorbed into the EU. And basically the terms are that, you know, if they take on the human rights and various other... Um, legal requirements within the EU, uh, then they can uh, have, they can be absorbed into the EU and they can sell their goods and services more freely and also have their own, their own citizens be employed and be able to move around in the EU. So they're being absorbed into the EU. I'm not saying that in itself is an evil thing, mm -hmm. but it's not been very appreciated in the press just how powerful and dynamic the EU is. It's all being portrayed as a lame duck. It's not a lame duck. Uh, the reality is really quite different. The EU is very powerful, very much on the top of its game, uh, and this economic crisis that they've got, well, they've just printed a trillion euros, haven't they, the, uh, the central bank under uh, Mario Draghi. Uh, 
so they just printed a trillion euros. They swore they'd never do any mm-hmm. such thing, and then after a few months, they turn around and do that very thing. Uh, they're going to print their way out of this crisis, and it, who knows? It may very well work. It may very well be successful. I also understand that um, that um, Moore also came out and said that uh, homosexuals are mainly responsible for the spreading of AIDS. You know, does, well, it, I mean, does this guy ever shut up and think about what he's saying before he says it? Probably not, no. I mean, I don't know what the science of that would be. It sounds rather unlikely. I think most AIDS is due yeah. to heterosexual activity exactly. in Africa, isn't yeah. it? Well, I don't know. This, uh, I, I, you know, if we're, we're going to keep our eyes open on this guy because uh, I, I think he's a bit of a loony, personally, but that's just my opinion. We'll he's be back. 89, actually, not 85. 89. So, well, 89, there. yeah. All right. Well, he's we, the only guy in the UK who wears a monocle, if that tells you anything. We've got to take a commercial break. We'll be back on the other side. Peter Wolford's our guest. www.genesisgrid.co.uk. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Peter Wolford is our special guest, uh, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Peter, I'd like to go back a little bit, and, and you're doing a presentation. Tell me more about this. Well, as you know, Rob, I do have some academic um, reviews on my website. Yes. I also have reviews from people in the media like yourself and business people. I'd like to get more of those. I'd like to get more challenge from the academic community. Mm-hmm. Up till now, uh, in order to get negative feedback on my book, I've had to pay people. When I've had to go into their houses, I was with a couple of PhD mathematicians last year, and I slapped the requisite amount of 20-pound notes on the windowsill. We sat down, and they tried to destroy my book. They were both hostile to anything to do with the Bible. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what I wanted. And uh, But I wasn't able to get anything from them that was really terribly convincing. Now, um, they did their best to, to pick holes in my discovery, and I will be incorporating their criticisms in the uh, next edition of the book when I finally bring that out. That won't be for some time yet. I don't want to give a disincentive to anybody to buy the present edition. There's no second edition imminent. But that information will be made available. Now, what I'm looking for at Wrexham is some academic feedback. I'm looking for some hostility. I'm looking for some controversy. I want people to listen to what I'm saying and tell me where I'm wrong, because so far, Nobody has been able to tell me, and we're talking about people, uh, people who are ex-Los Alamos research scientists with PhDs mm-hmm. in uh, physics, who read the Bible in its original Hebrew, and who looked at my discoveries and agreed within an hour, they'd agreed I have a pattern. People like this, 
Um, so uh, it has already withstood a considerable amount of academic scrutiny, but I'd like it to have a bit more, and that's one reason I'm doing it as a university, and that's going to be on the 16th of May. Now, how many people are you expecting to attend? I don't know. I might get a dozen. I might get 50. Wow. I'm going down there in advance to see some friends down there, and the reason I chose Wrexham is that there's some people I met by chance who mm-hmm. had read my book, and one of them was a mathematician, a little group of people who'd been discussing it. So I said, well, that's a good old place to go, Wrexham. It's a university. Uh, it's not a very well-known university, but that doesn't matter. And uh, I decided to hold it there because I thought that they could help me organize the room and maybe get a few extra bottoms on seats. Uh, that's the only reason. Wow. All right, and when is this happening, Peter? On the 16th, Wednesday the 16th of May. So that's in about um, two weeks' time. Well, we'll have to get you on the following week, and you'll have to let us know what happened and what kind of uh, feedback you're getting from the university crowd there. I'd love to do that, Rob. I'd love to do that. I think it could be very, very interesting. Well, my friend, as always, time goes by so fast when you're with us. Quickly, give our listeners your website and how they can find out more about you and where they can get a copy of the Genesis Grid. Yes, there's a newly updated, uh, upgraded, very simple website, uh, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. And just type in Genesis Grid, we come at the top, and uh, it has reviews. The books can be bought through Author House, and I have deliberately set the price as low, just about as low as possible. They're mm-hmm. about £10 each, so they're half of the usual price. Uh, and I make virtually nothing from that. Um, I'm just trying to keep the price down so right. that people can get the information as cheap as possible. Peter, thank you very much for joining us. Always nice talking to you, and uh, you we'll speak much, to you in about three weeks. That will be marvelous. Look Take care, to. my friend. Be safe. Bye now. Bye-bye Bye-bye. now. Peter Wolfer, www.genesisgrid.com. .co.uk. I'll be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past the hour as the Exxon continues. We're right here on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and our family of affiliates worldwide. My name's Rob McConnell. I'll be back. Don't go away. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer.